And a very good day, everyone. Welcome to the Sports and Media Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. And our guest today is? I'm Eric Hall. Because we don't want that mic a little bit more, Eric. Uh, we appreciate you coming in today, Eric, on on this uh, busy week for here at us on the campus of East Illinois University. But we're going to talk a lot of sports and a lot of the stuff that you've been doing, including making national news on a couple of different fronts uh, in the fa- past few weeks. So, well, talk I, about that. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Thanks. Well, so first of all, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, if you, why don't you tell some people about some of the background, what your background is here in, in sports media? Okay. Um, well, I grew up in Charleston. Started uh, started out writing for the CHS Press when I was in high school. Um, then uh, really got into sports journalism more when I was at the University of Illinois writing for the Daily Illini. Right. Um, I did my bachelor's there. It also uh, took some summer school classes here at Eastern, and uh, Dave Reed connected me with uh, writing for the Eastern News. Right, so I remember I did, that. Did that for a couple summers when I, while I was taking summer school classes here, and um, yeah. So and uh, we're just talking to Rob Calhoun in the hallway. Uh, did a few uh, Charleston High School games with him while I was in, in college, mainly at like the holiday tournament that Charleston used to have here. What, so. what newspapers or play, uh, media uh, places have you worked for? Um, right out of college, I worked at the LaSalle News Tribune. Um, I w- worked there for six years. Um, then I spent a year here at the Charleston pa- Charleston Mattoon Times Courier Journal right. Gazette. I was doing some kind of started to move into the editor position uh, right. there. Um, and then I was at the Columbia Missourian. Uh, I was there for about two years and then spent the last two years in uh, Roanoke, Virginia at the Roanoke Times. Okay. Uh, and you also started writing for uh, OutSports? Yeah, I started freelancing for them while, right? I, while I was in uh, Missouri and I, I continue to do that. Can you explain what OutSports is? OutSports covers LGBT people in sports. Um, what I tend to focus on is college athletes and coaches. Um, actually in, uh, what was that, 26? 2015, I think, I, I started doing a uh, twice-monthly column looking at how the success of college athletes and coaches. Right. So uh, that's when I started really writing for them a lot. The first story I did for them was on a swimmer at St. Louis University. Um, I did that while I was in uh, Missouri. That was shortly after I was covered that the one where the coach went after her? Or? No, um, he was just a swimmer at St. Just Louis. Just a swimmer, okay, gotcha. Swimmer at St. Louis oh, University. I, that, that was shortly after I did all the Michael Sam coverage. I was going to ask about Michael Sam coverage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, shortly after I did all that for the Missourian, um, I got connected with Nick Jesse that was a swimmer at St. Louis University. And uh, the Missourian's not going to be interested for that, so I reached out to OutSports, and that was the first story I did for him. And so why would the Missourian not be interested in that? He's a swimmer at St. Louis University in the Missourian's Oh, hyper, yeah, hyper right, local right, 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 sorry, 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 right, 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 yeah, right, right, right. So, right. And you just received an award last week, was it, or the week before? Um, yeah. yeah, it was about announced in the last week or so. Um, the NLGJA, which is uh, the, the initials originally stood for the National Lesbian and Gay Journalists Association, but they more identify now as the Association for LGBTQ Journalists or sure. um, to be more embracing than the acronym sure. that was originally started when it, the organization was started in the late 80s, early 90s. Sure. Yeah, the 2017 but, LGBTQ Journalist of the Year. Yeah. Right yes. here on the Sports and Media Podcast. Yeah, That's that, right. that was an exciting announcement. Um, last year I got their Sports Journalism Award, so I thought I had a shot at that again this year, but then, then to be named the LGBTQ Journalist of the Year was pretty exciting. So I got to go to Philadelphia next month and pick that up. get to go to Philadelphia next month to pick that up. That's cool. They're paying the way, right? Uh, <laughs> not yet. There you go. Now, this all came on the heels of the St. Louis Cardinals story where they didn't give you credentials. You want to, for the folks who don't know, can you give us a little background and, and go into that if you would? Sure. Um, 
in June, it, it got some attention that the Cardinals were bringing Lance Berkman to speak at right. Christian Day. And in 2015, Lance Berkman had campaigned against a law that would pr give protections to LGBT people in Houston. Um, he uh, said some quite derogatory things about transgender people. And it got some backlash that the Cardinals were bringing him in to speak at Christian Day. Um, since I'm uh, living in the area right now, I'd suggest out sports I go cover it. And they said, sure. And we reached out to the Cardinals uh, asking for a credential. And um, the they, they denied the credential. It's the first time out sports has ever been denied a credential for they've covered Super Bowls, they've covered big events. I've covered NCAA postseason events for them. And, um, and what was your feeling when they, when, you, when they were denied your credentials at first? I was surprised uh, that with the background out sports has and the reasoning they gave. They, they said they don't credential blogs and that it's an MLB policy. And, and it's it, not. It's not. Those are things we found out later weren't true, that SB Nation regularly receives credentials from other organizations in MLB. And, sure. Um, and that uh, MLB, or that the Cardinals have previously credentialed a, an LGBT blog that's based in St. Louis. And um, blog and website, I don't honestly really understand the difference at this point. No, uh, nowadays it's yeah, the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. Um, especially the way SB Nation operates, even though SB stands for sports blog, like. But, but it's that's a their but, that, but yeah. it's their brand. Yeah. Right, right. And SB Nation is, is known well, as I, one of the premier websites or blog places in the country yeah well, and i think that what i think if i heard you right they have given credentials that your 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 site before right they have not given one to outsports okay. or sb nation but other mlb other, okay. uh the dodgers and nationals uh websites for sb nation i was told receive credentials for every game and okay. um i and other MLB teams regularly credential SB Nation. And I, belie I believe the next day MLB came out quickly and said, hey, that's not our policy. Yeah. Don't blame us for this. Yeah, MLB told uh, one of the editors at Outsports for a follow-up story that, yeah, they, it's not MLB policy to, right. to deny credentials. They, they wanted to be ahead of that. They yeah. didn't want it, yeah. Well, exactly. Because it's surprising right now in the world we live in because usually everybody's so late. They got. I'm glad they got out in front of right. it. You know? but, but, but isn't it surprising that the Cardinals, which is supposed to be one of the premier franchises, Probably were so uptight? Most, yeah. did, you, did you hear any background on that or why they may have? What was the tone of the person you were talking to? It almost seemed kind of snarky in the sense of you can't come but go ahead and buy your own ticket. Well, I, the, I initially had a phone conversation with him. And it sounded like he was leaning toward giving me a credential based on that phone conversation. I, I told him that I'd, I'd previously covered games with uh, for the Padres when I worked for the San Diego paper. And mm -hmm. um, I didn't bring that up because it was longer ago, but I've, I've sure. covered Cubs games when I was in LaSalle. And, um, so I got the impression from him I was going to get the credential. He, he said he'd look at... Uh, look at um, out sports and uh, get back to me and that was like a Tuesday and then like that Thursday or Friday uh, I called back because I hadn't heard back from him yet and he sent me an email with um, with the explanations that he gave that we found out actually weren't true about the MLB policy and uh, about them not credentialing websites. When you were going into the cover and what did you tell them what you wanted to cover? Um, not that you have to of course um, and what was it that you did want to cover? I, I told him that I wanted to, wanted to cover Christian Day and that Lance Berkman was speaking. So he did ask. Um, I, I was up front with him what sure. I, the Absolutely. intent was to cover. I didn't, wasn't going to hide it like 
I wasn't there to focus on the game, but the Cardinals were bringing in a speaker that, um, and it wasn't like Lance Berkman was walking around in the the stands. It wasn't like he was buying a ticket to the game. He was, he when he came, when he spoke, he came out of the Cardinals <coughs> dugout to speak on the field. Right. Oh, absolutely. The, the Cardinals were supporting him. Supporting him. Being and very there. welcoming. It sounds yeah. like yeah. And so then, you know, tell us about you know as the day went on, what happened? You know. Um, well, I went out. Uh, I drove down that morning and. Uh, I went to the Grove first, just to kind of walk around there, see if there were people out and about. And um, I found there was a coffee shop there, and I uh, there was a fan that was had a Cardinals hat on, so I stopped her to ask her about it, and she was quite against it. And then I went over to the stadium. Um, she was quite against Berkman quite a, speaking. Quite against Berkman uh, speaking. At yeah, because your story seemed to indicate most people were were not real happy about it, um, or at least were disappointed. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I, I walked around the stadium uh, before for a while. Um, the the sense I've got to the people, the people I I talked to a, f- a few people before the game. One was quite against. I quoted her in the story, and then the other pe- two people I talked to kind of remembered Lance fondly. Really didn't know about the topic. Sure. Um, so. Uh, so that. That was what happened, like kind of before the game, after the game, or after uh, Christian Day. Then I talked to some more people that had, that had stayed for it, and they were uh, two people I talked to were real excited about Christian Day, but then were against Lance's um, politics. And but they thought it was good the Cardinals had had Christian Day, and I don't have a problem with the Cardinals having Christian Day. That's fine. Oh, they can sure. have a day for whatever, whatever they, they want, but it's bringing in some of the... It's who represents Christian Yeah, it's who they bring in. They bring in someone that has campaigned uh, against LGBT rights, and that's more what I have a problem with. But um, And then I quoted another guy that was all for the Cardinals bringing in Lance Berkman, and uh, I think he was, that was how I ended the story, was the quote from that guy. So There you go. And then... You made national news. Sarah, was it Sarah Spain on ESPN? Yeah, yeah. That when that when she uh, finished was that on the sports reporters? No, it was on around the I'm, horn. Around the horn, horn at night. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. it was on the round. She uh, she won that day on around the horn and uh, devoted her thirty seconds or whatever to talking about the Cardinals, the bad look it was for the Cardinals that they denied out sports at credentials. So absolutely. So then, did you get inundated with other interview requests or or not? Um, I was I was interviewed on a couple of radio stations in uh, St. Louis. Is that uh, the next day so what's been the overall response from people whether it's been readers and of course there's trolls on social media whatever what's been the response overall for, to the story and the situation the that you the majority of the response was that what what are the cardinals doing that's like this doesn't make any sense um I think that's what aggravates yeah. most people, including me, is, you know, the Christian day. And whether they want to have Lance Berkman, you can even make it, they make it justifiably he was a Cardinal, he was a baseball player, whatever. But the fact that they would deny credentials to someone who's, who's covered baseball uh, for, a, for a sports, you know, website, blog, whatever you want a to call it. A respectable one. A respectable one. And for and for really not a, a, a valid reason, that's where I think I was kind of upset with the Cardinals. Because, you know, you think about the Cardinals and around this part of the country, the Cardinals are, you know, it's either you're in the, either they're in Cardinal or Cubs country. And, you know, both, both, ta- both clubs are, well, thought of and, and for them to do this and uh, very to, professional to, i mean yeah, it's, professional. cardinals have always been very professional so it was just really weird not i don't know if you felt that way i'm not trying to speak for you but that's how i felt as a just a baseball fan and a, and a sport you know and a, and, a, and a person in the media they they made it a bigger deal by not giving a credential i think than if they had probably oh, now, now sid, right. sid ziegler which is one of the editors out sports actually brought up on 
uh, Outsports does a weekly podcast and brought up right. on their podcast uh, that next week. Well, it could be the Cardinals knew that Mike Matheny is what Mike Matheny might say, and maybe they thought it was better that there was nobody there asking him about it. But you mean about Christianity being uh, under attack in America? Yeah, yeah. That I was that surprised uh, me when he said that at that Christian day. That yeah, that was. There's a lot of paranoia in the United States right now. Yeah, yeah. and as you, we saw in Charlottesville. Oh my God! Yes. So. Yeah. And you have wow. some Virginia background, so you're kind of got a little ties to that you know that area, right? Yeah, I. I've, I lived in Roanoke, Virginia the, um, the last two years, and I've been to Charlottesville probably half a dozen times. So I was really familiar with those areas where the the camera shots are showing and the, the lawn and uh, the 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 square where they're talking about that uh, the Emancipation Park. Um, right. Where, yeah, where the rally was. And so one of the other subjects I wanted to kind of as we as we talk uh, as we go into the next subject matter is you know politics and sports are mixing. And every part of politics and sports are mixing. And I'll let Joe go first to give you just a, a second to catch your breath there after that because that was really good, Eric. But Joe, Joe, talk about when you when you talk about and think about now in this world where people are really mixing these two. Is it good, bad, and different, or your thoughts? Well, this whole notion that we separate sports and and politics is. Uh, it's antiquated if it ever happened. It's always been the I case. I think we kind of wish it we, we, was we, separated, but it's not. It's well, never you can go really back been. to Jack Johnson when he was yeah. the first heavyweight black uh, um, boxer in 1909. You know, there was all kinds of you know social aspects or politics. You can call it whatever you want. They're pretty much the same thing. Well, Jesse Owens in the Olympics in 32. Jackie I mean, Robinson. Jackie, and we're just yeah. talking about challenges of African Americans. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of other things, World War II and... Uh, politics have been a part. You know, you have uh, planes flying over. I've covered NFL games where planes are flying over. You've got the American flag. Think, you know, God bless America. It's seventh inning. You've got the national anthem. Joe, move this way. You're For us, yeah, I, yeah that's okay. No face. one wants to see me. Um, <laughs> Randy Jones does in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Randy. Um, this keeps going. So if you're talking about politics, it's part of it. The players are talking about Clinton Yates, who I talked about last week. I think he's really one of the really great uh, new people, voices on TV. I don't know if you've seen much of him, but he's been filling with Dan Lebertar this past week. And he had a great, great piece talking about players who were talking about these issues. And what's going to be interesting is that we had last year with uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick with his um, – post-game, and now this year they're allowing more and more of that to happen, you know there's going to be some, some celebrations in, in there, in the, in, the, in the end zone after scores. Yeah, because so, they're laxing those rules a little bit this year. So be yeah, yeah, politics has always had a part in America. And these people, and I'd say knuckleheads, and I'm being nice on that, who say that uh, they're watching sports to escape – Sports isn't an escape so much as a reflection. It's always been so. I mean, it is an escape. We want to watch it. Um, but these people are living in real worlds, and so don't expect us to be in, you know, Fantasy Island or something like that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask Eric, Eric something here. Is that covering in particular, I don't want to focus just on this, but the LGBTQT and the out sports and such like that, there's been a lot more, it appears, from, the out, from not being within that community a whole lot, a more outpouring and support of that. But do these athletes still feel just as ever, and maybe in light of the protests, that they've got a target on their back? Do they feel uh, concerned or not at all? I'm not sure what you mean by a, a target. So I'm 54 years old. If you came out in high school that you were, you know, LGBTQT or whatever and anything connected to those, um, you'd want to hide it a great deal. And now, of course, more and more willing to talk about it. Do you... 
Do you have a sense with, in light of the Charlottesville rallies, that more of these athletes might be less willing to talk because they're afraid that they're going to be targeted for who they are? I think it's too early to say in light of the Charlottesville rallies, but right. I think there was a concern. Uh, I had a concern in after November's election whether there would be a chilling effect. Sure. But I haven't seen it in the in the what were we almost nine months since November. I right. haven't seen a chilling effect since Trump's election. Um, I'm uh, actually starting to look at uh, college with college sports starting here soon. I'm starting to look at uh, starting the roundup again, and there's. There's quite a bit more athletes out now than there were this time a year ago. Hmm. Um, That's great. I, I think uh, I think I was just counting this morning. There's 41 Division One athletes that are publicly out uh, going into this school year, and that's about double from what it was last year at this point. Really? Um, so it might answer your question right there, Joe. Right. That, those are stats I like to hear. You, know, you like to hear. And you, you it is. Oh no, you absolutely want you want people to be able to be who they are. As far as pro sports, though, right now, are there any NFL players who are actively playing that are uh, uh, have come out? The only in the the five major sports, the only active one is Robbie Rogers, and he's been injured this whole season, so he's barely right, <laughs> barely right, right, active. right, right. But yeah, in the five major men's sports, Robbie Rogers is the only one. Uh, now, women's sports, the WNBA has several. So, um, and there was there have been several that have come out in the last uh, year, with Diana Taurasi being the big one when, with oh, her sure. marriage announcement in April or so. Um, so, um, yeah. So I, there aren't any in men's men's sports, but in women's, it's it's growing professional sports. Why do you suppose I, I, that is? Oh, go well, ahead. No, I just, I, I, this is how dumb I am. Who's Robbie Rogers? I just I should know this, but I don't know. Uh, he pl- he has played the last few years for the L.A. Galaxy in okay. MLS. All right. There you go. So. Soccer. You're not a big soccer <laughs> I'm sorry. fan. I'm sorry. I wouldn't soccer down publicly. <laughs> I, just, I thought maybe I was missing something. I didn't. Yeah, well, we, li- we like soccer. Sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah, it's, I, uh, it's fine. So why do you suppose is it is our people more accepting of women or women more likely not to be worried about it? Um, because clearly there's people who are uh, LGBTQT in men's sports, but they're just not coming out while they're playing, right? Yeah, um, at least at the professional level. In at college, the professional level, yeah, yes. In college, we're seeing growing. We're, we're set to have our first two active yeah, with Scott France at Kansas State and Mike King Johnson at Arizona. It'll be the first um, one, what is it, the bowl, first bowl subdivision. Oh, okay. Yeah, FBS? Yes. Yeah. Um, there was a player at uh, Princeton the last couple of years that was out. But uh, this, these will be the first FBS players that are actively playing and, and out as LGBT. So that, that'll be a big milestone September 2nd uh, when, they have, when they start their seasons. And so it's growing, but it's growing from the lower levels. I think at the professional level, it's... There was the I, NBA player a couple of years ago who played his Jason Collins, yeah, who Jason came Collins. out before his last season. And so he, like, I think that's a bad example. I think Michael Sam and Derek Gordon are probably the better mm-hmm. examples to look at of there being hesitancy... Um, because Derek Michael Sam I think is a hard case to gauge I think Derek Gordon may be the better case to gauge of whether coaches and executives at, at the professional sports accept LGBT athletes on their teams because Derek Gordon helped Seton Hall win the Big East Championship he was a key player on that team 
He didn't get a workout for any NBA team. Oh, wow. That he didn't right. get a work now. Whether he would have made a team, I don't know. But that he didn't get a workout, yeah, didn't yeah. make a summer league team with with his portfolio. There absolutely, Easter's, especially under Rick Samuels, had several good players, and they, like Eastern would regularly get people in the summer league teams. No, absolutely. And then the guy that helped Seton Hall win the Big East championship and get into the NCAA tournament. Um, didn't get a workout for anybody. I think that's that's a red flag. That's sure. a red flag for people. Absolutely, and it makes them, I think hesitant. I want to. But yeah, don't don't you think Michael out. Sams? I mean, that's he was the defensive back. player of the year. I think it cost him a career. I mean, I he was really because you covered this. Yeah. Well, I guess the question is: Was it, do you think as a football player was he good enough to to play in the NFL? Did you, did you when you when you got to watch him play? I never heard of him before. The, the I know he year. was small for his position, yeah, but he, he they, they he was labeled as a tweener. He got SEC Defensive Player of the Year, but nobody at Missouri thought he was the best player on that defense. Even like Coney Ely was the best player on that defense. Hmm, okay, he, he went in the first round. The Broncos picked him in the first round that year. So Michael got SEC Defensive Player of the Year, but as I said, nobody thought he was the best player on that. Even the Missouri defense so because this because I, 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 people he, he, in the media vote on those yeah things. He, he had good stats and yeah. those stats were <laughs> largely based on a, on a few really good games oh okay um, yeah so, like he, he had some really good games but overall and i think teams focused on coney Ely, so that gave michael Freed him some, up a little bit. michael some gotcha okay so like people Michael was a really good player. Like, I don't want to say that. Like, Michael wasn't a good player, but... But he may not have been as good as everybody he he may, he elevated him as, to be. As the, him, him getting SEC Defensive well, Player of the Year may have made him I might look better this, than he I was. Might, I would think maybe you'd equate this to, like, a Gino Toretta. You know, a really good player in college, but doesn't always trans, you know, transform to the NFL. How many Heisman Trophy winners are, are sitting out right now? You know, you got Tebow, you've got... Uh, Manzel, you know, Toretto didn't have a very good career. So there's a lot of, you know, right. the guy from Oklahoma, you know, the, the Eric, you know, Jason White, and they just don't make it. And maybe Michael Sam was in that same category where he's a really good defensive player, but didn't have a spot in the NFL. And hopefully th- that's the reason. And I think hopefully, right? The way Michael handled things in the CFL kind of prevented him from getting a second chance. What did he do that uh, you think um, hurt him? He got a chance with Montreal, and um, he. That's right. He, didn't he, he had was having some relationship problems and left the team suddenly and didn't tell them why he left and that's right um so that was he didn't handle that the best way he could right. have and i think that prevented him from getting another chance we're getting close to being out of time uh, let's talk a little bit about what, what, what's next what's your what's your plan sir um i'm freelancing for out sports right now um i'm uh doing social media for you can play which is uh, an organization that um, encourages teams to embrace LGBT and uh, to embrace LGBT athletes on their teams. So I'm doing social media for them. Is there a website for that you can uh, cite? Yeah, um, <laughs> I can see the wheels. <laughs> the wheels are turning. I can't remember right now whether it's dot com or dot org. Oh, okay. Google, but you, but can, you play. can play. You, you can Google. You can play. You can and play. You, you'll, you'll find, find their website and their social media and. Um, so what's the main focus of this? I mean, what is the, the goal ultimately? I know it's st- starting, it sounds like. Oh, uh, right? You Can Play actually has been around for a while. It um, has been? Yeah, okay. Uh, they work a lot with the CFL and MLS and NHL um, and, they, and colleges to some extent, um, having their teams be embracing and say that they're embracing to let people know that it's okay to be out 
on these teams. So a lot of major college teams like Ohio State and Notre Dame have done you can play. It's a lot of ro revolves around doing videos, and then you can play does some training as well. Um, and, what they'll do with and teams. You, and there's two progressive schools who are really good at football who may be thinking, hey, in any sport, that you know, if I can get a, an athlete, let's, it, it's time to make a change. So I can see where big schools would think this. So, yeah, I've been sense. doing social media for them since uh, July. And so um, I'm actually kind of looking for a new full-time job uh, as well. There you so, go, folks. Anybody hiring? <laughs> yeah. So um, Roanoke Times did some massive layoffs. Ber Berkshire right, Hathaway I know. did some math massive layoffs in April. It's There's been a lot of – I had a friend that just lost his job at the Kansas City Star this week, and um, there have been too many layoffs in sports journalism this year. And so it's it's a tough, 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 tough market. But, Eric Hall's um, are available for yeah, us. So. Yeah, I've had yeah. some friends that go into public relations too as a yeah. result of not so. being able to find it. All right, last last question, and I because I promised Justin Russ from our Journal Gazette Times Square we would touch base on this. What, you, you, your thoughts, real quickly, on high school football numbers dropping? If you looked around, he's done a few stories about this, but you could see like Mattoon is really not going to have a freshman football team. Casey Westfield's numbers are down. Do you think it's because of CT, the CTE scare? Do you think it's because of soccer moms? Do you think it's because kids don't want to work? Combination of the above. But why are kids less and less kids going out for uh, football? Well, you have the first shot at Eric. Yeah. I, I haven't been in the area enough the last few years Politically to, to, to comment no, on No, this. You're I right. Really he's right. I mean, I, I don't either, but I've got to believe that uh, CTE, there's no doubt that's going to have a, a continue to erode the number of people going into football, Popularity which means that mothers are not going to want to. Soccer is on the rise. I don't really buy into this thing that kids are lazy. I just, I just don't. I just don't. I think every generation looks at another As generation. Usual, Joe's wrong. I, I just don't see. I mean, these, I, I see so many kids who work lazy. their tails off. It's just I think they work in different ways, and maybe what they not. Justin Russ pay you? No, right, no, right. no. Does Justin agree with me? Yes, he agrees with you. Oh wow, that's scary. Um, <laughs> I just, I just don't think I'm not one of those. I'm around kids all the time, and they work at different levels and have certain strengths and weaknesses, and every generation has that. There you go. Can I ask you guys a question? Of course you can. Is is there a less desire? Has there been a eroding or less desire for news in Charleston? Like, I, I haven't really lived in the area much the last 10, 15 years. Um, I think the, the Charleston paper has so much reduced. Like, I'm surprised there hasn't been, like, reduced their staffs. I'm, like, the staff that's there is doing no, hard the, work. The but people like, at why the isn't Why isn't something filled the void that the Charleston paper has left as they've maybe well, we can talk off, okay. off uh, well, because I would, no well, I, I, I mean say the first thing it's it's all about money because if there was more business support for that paper they would have more writers and they'd have more the business support of Mattoon and Charleston I, I believe is down I think the economy's hurt real estate taxes have hurt and you think of all the stuff that's happened lack of college students here at Eastern is hurt it's a culmination of a bunch of things that have ha that have happened in, into that and people also get their news different ways now too but it really is a it's a it's a business support mod. I, I think there's a major desire to have more coverage in this town. Major. I talked to lots of people in town, and I'm sure yeah. Jeff does too. And um, the company that owns the local paper, um, for whatever reason, their business model may say it's not the right thing to do, but they're just not putting the people out there. Because I know people like Penny, who's a tremendous editor, and Justin works hard, and Dave Fopay. I mean, these are really, these, but they can't do it alone. And I, in particular, stick with sports. I don't. I, People they want to know sports news, and if something doesn't, something's going to pop up sooner than later. I think. But Don't I, I'm I, I understand the Lee Lee Enterprises, but like I more wonder why there hasn't been something to fill that void as Lee has retracted the Charleston coverage and. 
I've heard some things. Okay. So I mean, uh, nothing. Well, we're th- one that of the I few can't... markets in this. The, 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 we're one of the few size markets that has three phone books. And, and think about three phone books. That's uh, that means people are putting three different ads in three different yellow pages. That's coming out automatically for a year. That's mu- and, and and they really do convince people they have to be in them. And that's a lot of money. That and no one's checking your book. I don't, don't think anybody's checking the yellow use pages that as anymore. Much as you used to. So that's a, another example of money, of a money that's I think in some instances being wasted. You, we need one. It should be the consolidated phone book. We don't need it, three of them, but that's my opinion. You know, you, and so. And I think to talk about businesses, um, I've, this is the only time I've lived in a smaller town in my life. I've lived in you know, in Florida, New Jersey, New York areas. I I I see smaller towns, and this isn't a rip. It's just an observation. Is that. They're behind the times in knowing how to market their businesses. Um, in a bigger city, you either find a way to survive or you don't. Uh, here, I think there's a lot of nostalgia, and I think it also comes into play with the Republican, Democrat, and all the other things, that why people embrace one party. Um, I, small towns are not progressive, and I think because of that, you're not seeing many progressive ideas always. And that's not across the board. I mean, there's a lot of progressive people yeah. ideas, but I think overwhelmingly at a bigger city you see those progressive when i came here from orlando and i came here i was just jolted jolted yeah good question we're out yeah, of that's time a good appreciate you coming in today thanks, thanks so much eric it. thanks we, so much for coming back sure that's I, all that matters <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm jim i'm joe you are eric hall have a great day everybody